Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Planning for retirement's uncertainties. That's what we'll be talking about on today's show. Lots of things that we know we'll have to deal with in retirement. We just don't know how to predict when or to what degree these things are going to happen. And so that's what we're going to tackle on the show today. Welcome. I am Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors Office in Overland Park. You can find David online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, what's up in your world? How are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing great. We are. So let's see, we're recording this maybe like the third week of August, I think. And so we're getting so close to college football and pro it's this, football. It's this weekend, David, as, as we record, at least for some teams, I think, start this for weekend. For some teams. My team, on the other hand, doesn't play until next weekend. But either way, it's going to be fun to get that back in the mix. So I'm very excited about that. I can't wait to get the chili cooking and uh, <laughs> the have, wings have, have that on the background and, oh, yeah. on Saturdays and Sundays now. Best time of the year. A lot of good we know stuff it. going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, any visits to the grandkids recently and uh, down to see Oh, family? yeah, they, they were here for a week last week. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And uh, had a super nice visit with those little guys and um, got the house put back together once they left. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> everything is back to normal at my house. We have noticed that uh, every time we have the, the nephews and nieces over uh, the last couple of visits, something has gone missing each time. So we either have a klepto or <laughs> things are getting dropped. I think um, some small things, decorations and whatnot are getting dropped down, maybe an air vent or something like that. But yeah, there's there's at least one thing missing after every visit. So. <laughs> It's always interesting to try and predict what it's going to be that goes missing the next time around. Right. Luckily, nothing too valuable at this point. Uh, It usually eventually turns up. Yeah, eventually. One of these days, we'll get a a duct cleaning, and they'll pull out a whole bunch of random decorations (laughs) from the ducts, maybe. We'll see. All right. Well, good stuff. Let's let's talk about, yeah, speaking of uncertainties and not knowing which uh, which items are going to get stolen by little children, uh, let's talk about some of these retirement uncertainties, David. We've got five good ones to go over today. And I'm curious from you as we go through these, like how you construct a plan that, you know, because a plan, you kind of sometimes need to know what you're dealing with, but yet we're dealing with unpredictable factors, unpredictable items. So how do you plan around these different things? And we've got five different scenarios to go through. Uh, So first one on the list would be life expectancy and longevity. Pretty much all of us have no idea how long we're going to live. So that's kind of one thing hard to plan for right off the bat. Exactly. So that's kind of the, the initial kicker is if we if we knew for sure, then planning would be simple. As you were uh, introing this, it made me think of Mike Tyson, who said everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Or Eisenhower said everybody's got a plan until the first shot is fired. And then you just kind of throw the plan out and you, you kind of go with instinct. And I don't think that that's a great way to go with your finances in retirement. I think that, and none of these guys enter, they all enter with a plan. Depends, I guess, on how hard you get hit in the mouth as to whether you throw the plan away or whether you make adjustments to your plan. So my preference is have a really good plan, maybe starting in your 50s and revisit it annually. And then once you're in your retirement, there's probably no good reason unless some big earth-shaking thing happens where you need to revisit your plan more than annually. But it really needs to be a pretty detailed plan that's written down. And you then, if you do it yourself... Uh, you can monitor it along the way and say, well, look at that. I thought this was going to happen and and something else happened, but you were able to react to it. 
in hopefully a positive and a, a good long-term way. So life expectancy, longevity. I mean, there, there are basically two risks here. One is you live too long. Uh, you had planned that your money would last till you were 90 and there you are at 93 and you're kind of way less money than you thought if that's how the plan actually worked out. So what you want to make sure when, I, when I'm doing plans for people, I just want to make sure that their money lasts to 100. Very few, maybe none of my clients are going to last to 100 years old. However, if their money does, if their plan does, then we stand a really good chance, even if some bad things happen along the way, that they're not going to run out of money as long as they're still drawing breath. So that's the one thing is living too long. The other, which actually you deal with way more often in my business than people living too long, is that somebody dies young. And that's usually when you're talking about a couple and one dies early and, leave, and might leave the other spouse in a bad financial spot. Maybe that's because uh, one of their social securities goes away, which is what happens. Maybe it's because uh, a spouse with a pension set it up so that he or she, the money just lasted as long as they do and there wasn't anything for a surviving spouse. Or maybe they entered retirement with a mortgage and they thought, you know what, we're just going to pay this down over the next 10 years. And all of a sudden somebody dies after one or two or three years of retirement. They still have a big bill and now he or she is faced with, guess I need to sell the house and downsize, not because I want to, but because I have to. So however you set up your plan, you want to make sure that you can do some what if strategizing about, well, what if I were to live too long and what if I were to die young? Great, uh, great outlay of why that's such a tough thing to plan for and to get around and uh, why you need that plan to battle those unpredictable factors of life expectancy and longevity and the problems presented there. Uh, let's carry that forward to talking about tax rates. Future tax rates, well, we can kind of make predictions, David, but we know the danger with predicting things in the financial <laughs> world. So, you know, future tax rates we have to throw into this bucket of unpredictable, right? Yeah, so we haven't really talked about these topics for uh, six months or a year, perhaps. In the 1960s, most people listening to this podcast <laughs> weren't, weren't either living in the 60s or they weren't paying taxes in the 60s. I wasn't paying taxes in the 60s, maybe the, maybe the super late 60s when I was a lifeguard. But in the 60s, tax rates were double what they are today. We are living as much as we, can I say bitch about, can I say that on the podcast? You can say that. We have no as FCC much as we, to answer to. <laughs> as much as we bitch about how high tax rates are, they are super low historically in the United States. So that's one thing, but uh, I have two different topics real quickly to talk about future tax rates. We've talked about this in prior podcasts, but it's been a while. January of 2026 is when the Trump tax cuts expire. Congress has to actively act to make sure that those continue on. And my bet is, since we're, we're over now $30 trillion of federal debt, and we're racking up more, hundreds of millions each year, I think they're really unlikely to vote to extend those tax cuts. I'll bet they find a very handy political reason to say, well, we just couldn't get it done. And that means they're going to revert to where they were before this change. Generally speaking, that means that if you make less than 19 grand a year, then you're still going to be in the 10% tax bracket. But if you make somewhere between 20 and 70 grand, Right now you're in the 12% bracket, that's going to 15%. 
If you make between 70 grand and 150 grand, that's going to the 25% bracket instead of the 22% bracket. The biggest chunk is if you make under 300 and roughly 330 grand a year, your tax bracket is going, it's somewhere between th uh, 28 and 33% marginal tax bracket instead of 24%. So your taxes, if Congress doesn't do anything, they don't have to act to raise your tax rates. They just have to do nothing. And then your tax rates are going up in the tax year 2026. So that's one thing. The second thing is, and I know we've talked about this in the last three or four months, but the death, um, I'm going to call it the death tax, but I'm not talking about estate taxes. I'm talking about when one of one person in a couple dies and the next year, the surviving spouse is going to pay at single rates instead of married filing joint rates. Now their income might be a little bit less because one of their social securities is going away, but they're still going to have the same amount of required minimum distributions. Hmm. They're going to have uh, maybe, hopefully, the same pension amount that they had before. So their tax bracket is very likely to go up. For instance, if that sing now single person has taxable income of 80 grand, well, when they were married filing jointly, that was the 12% tax bracket. Now, all of a sudden, it's the 22% tax bracket. It almost, their tax bracket almost doubled. Let's say that they did a lot better than that and they make 170 grand a year in taxable income. If they're married filing joint, that's the 22% bracket. If all of a sudden they're suddenly single because of a, of a death, they're not in the 22% bracket anymore. They're in the 32% bracket. So that happens when somebody in a, in a couple dies, Congress doesn't have to do anything about that. Your tax rates are very likely to go higher in the future. And you really need to be able to project that in your plan. So, so future tax rates, one way or the other, or maybe in, in a lot of cases, both of the two things I've discussed need to be reflected in your financial plan. So make sure that you keep track of future tax rates. Very helpful. All right. There's two retirement uncertainties that we've accounted for so far, life expectancy, future tax rates. How about the solvency of Social Security? What do you think about uh, that as an uncertainty? Is that fair having it in this category? Well, I think that it's highly unlikely that Congress allows Social Security to become insolvent. But it's not it, but it is very likely that they're going to make some changes sometime over the next three, four, five, ten years that are going to affect the people listening to this podcast because the vast majority of us are going to get Social Security in one way or another. So they're very likely to raise one of the fixes that they're likely to put forth. Well, they're very likely to raise the full retirement age, which right now, for most people listening to this podcast, is 67 years old. Uh, mine's a little bit less. Uh, but once you're maybe born in 1962 or later, your full retirement age is 67. And they're likely to raise that, maybe to as high as 70. I think they're also likely to raise the amount that comes out of your paycheck every two weeks, about 6.2% right now. That's likely to go up, uh, go up for employers, go up for employees, and go up for, for self-employeds, which you pay the whole thing when you're a self-employed person. Uh, over 12% of your income goes to Social Security. And they're likely to raise the cap. I think right now, after you make $147,000 a year, 
Well, you don't pay any more in Social Security taxes for that year. And they're likely to raise that in one form or fashion. So I don't think Social Security and, your, and the check that you're receiving is at risk, but they're, gonna, they're likely to tax it more heavily and they're likely to make these other changes that will affect how soon you can start drawing Social Security. So those types of things, that might be nibbling around the edges too much to have that in your plan. But if you've got a solid plan in place and it relies heavily on Social Security, then it's probably worth doing a what-if calculation or two to say, well, what would that do to my plan if they did make a significant change? That's great. And I think uh, that'll help a lot of people kind of just keep that Social Security dilemma and issue in a good perspective. Uh, two more to go here, David. These retirement uncertainties, how do you plan for them? By the way, if you have any questions for David as we go through the show, you can give him a call at 913 913- 317-1414 or online at coveryourassetskc.com. And we'll put that contact info in the description of today's show as well. Uh, what about future healthcare needs? We all know we're going to probably need some level of healthcare in the future, but from person to person, I guess that can vary quite a bit. And we don't know when we might need those needs either. Exactly. So certain things that we, that we pay every month, you've got your Medicare premium, or if you're still employed, you've got a healthcare premium for insurance. You've got maybe some prescriptions you pay for, and I always put a higher inflation rate on those things in the modeling that we do. So if you're modeling most of your expenses at two and a half or 3%, you might put five or 6% on those healthcare related things. But then one thing I always try to do, if not in the base case plan, certainly in a what if is, well, if you're working with a couple, what if one of those persons needed a three, four, or five-year stay in a long-term care facility or a skilled nursing facility. And what would that do to the plan for the surviving spouse? So right now, those things in Kansas and Missouri, they cost about 80 to 90 grand a year. And if you inflate that at 5% a year, well, those costs are going to double in about, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 years. So I usually build in, starting at age 85, three or four or five years worth of long-term care expenses and then see what does that do to the plan? And if it blows the plan apart, then we may not do anything about it because you may never end up needing those expenses, but we're at least going to discuss some solutions that might help that couple overcome those kind of expenses were they to actually incur them out in the future. I like that a lot. Great, uh, great way to look at that issue and problem. Future healthcare needs. Make sure that's part of your planning process. If you're not already including that in your plan, uh, make it an action item to do today. All right. How about last but not least? Uh oh, bad word. These last couple of months, David. Inflation. Uh, very, very unpredictable, right? Yeah. You know, we have been so lulled to sleep over the last decade uh, with inflation around one or two percent. And so now we're running it at, you know, eight and a half. And it's not, I mean, is there's basically no way that three years from now, we're still going to be at eight and a half, but we could be at four. And the stuff we buy, I hear this from clients and me all the time is, you know, the stuff I buy seems to be going up faster than what the government tells me the rate of inflation is. So one way I look at this, your, your plan has to include some amount of inflation. And here's why. At a 3% inflation rate, the stuff you buy is going to double in price in 24 years. That's just a quick using the rule of 72, which we've discussed in the past. But if you're 60 and you spend 100 grand a year on stuff, well, by age 84, it's going to cost you 200 grand. If inflation is at, so you say, well, Dave, 
There's no way it's a three. It's got to be like at least 4%. Okay. Well, if inflation runs at 4% a year, then the stuff you buy is going to double in 18 years instead of 24 years. So from age 60 to age 78, your $100,000 worth of stuff is going to cost you 200 grand. So that's why over the course of a retirement, which these days lasts 25 or 35 years, inflation is really important to build into that, to the stuff that we buy. Food, gasoline, insurance, healthcare, even travel and the stuff that we you know do for fun, all that stuff is going up. And if you don't include inflation factor in your plan, then I think you got a big hole in your plan. So just make sure that that's built in somewhere. And then if you want to do a little what if and say, well, what if it was only two and a half percent? Or what if we're all wrong and it ends up at four and a half percent for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years? Those are all what ifs you can do. But make sure you've got a baseline level of inflation in your plan. And just one quick adjunct to that. I think the reason why that's so important, Walter, is Social Security has a little cost of living increase built into it. But most of that gets eaten up by what happens to your Medicare premium. So your Social Security income goes up a little bit over time. But if you have a pension, unless you're a Missouri teacher, or there, there are a few that have a cost of living increase to them, but most pensions I see don't have a cost of living increase to them. If you uh, bought an annuity and you have an income feature that's going to pay you income for life, maybe for you and your spouse, most of the ones I've seen don't have a uh, cost of living increase to them. So your income is pretty likely not indexed to inflation, but your expenses are. And so that extra that you're going to have out of pocket over the years is going to come out of what you set aside for yourself in your 401k, your IRA, your Roth, your 403b, your 457, whatever those retirement plans you had when you were building, that's where that extra money is going to have to come from. And a whole different topic, but you just want to make sure that you're invested accordingly such that you don't run out of money at 88 or 90 because inflation ate through what you were uh, spending money on. I like that a lot, David, and uh, another great way to put this into an easy-to-understand format, these five retirement uncertainties that we need to be aware of and to plan for. And David covers these uncertainties, plus more that we haven't talked about on today's show, all part of the complete planning review process. We call it the CPR process that David takes clients through to make sure that they're covering all these different moving parts, these unknowns, as well as the knowns, to have a full, complete financial plan. And if you'd like to set up some time to discuss that, see if you'd be a good fit to work together and go through that planning process, or just have some general financial planning or retirement questions on your mind, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find David at 913-317-1414 or online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And again, that contact info is in the description of today's show, so you can find it easily. David, appreciate the help and the guidance on the show today. This was a good one, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting again next week. I will look forward to it as well, Walter. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on Cover Your Assets KC. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.